Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. And uh, happy Labor Day as we celebrate workers across America, especially here in Mississippi. Uh, we're so lucky to have so many dedicated people. Not everybody's off today because, as we know, in a tourism market, life goes on in the tourism market. And this is kind of a busy time, sort of the last hurrah in a lot of ways as we shift toward the fall um, of the year and start to enjoy football and all the things that come with that. So hope you're having a great Labor Day weekend and hope you're staying safe, especially for everyone who's on boats, especially today. Uh, this is the time not to drop your guard and protect the people in your boat. Don't drink and operate a boat. You know, make sure people have life preservers. You know the story. But just remind yourself this is that time of year. Uh, don't make one little mistake be something that could haunt you for the rest of your life. Um, hey, listen, uh, I have had uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to be visiting with Cynthia Dobbs Sutton from the Ocean Springs Chamber and uh, get an exciting report about what continues to be a thriving city there in Ocean Springs. And in the first half of the show, uh, we're going to talk insurance. I've, I've heard little anecdotes here and there. I've been really focused on the new coastal flood insurance programs, and we're going to talk about that. But I've invited my friend Frank Bordeaux back to join us. Frank is actually the chairman of the Mississippi Republican Party. We're not going to talk politics today, but he's also a vice president with BXS Insurance, and he's involved in uh, mostly uh, commercial uh, line, uh, not just here in coastal Mississippi, but across the state. So he's got a real good finger on the pulse about what's happening in the insurance market. So without any further ado, welcome back to Coastview, my friend. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm glad to be here, but I will say this is the first week we're actually cadence insurance instead of bxs insurance so we're we're excited about that change good well tell me about that tell me about it well we've going through a merger uh bxs or bankrupt south our parent company purchased uh cadence bank and uh to grow our um our footprint uh, we went with the name cadence we're still domiciled out of mississippi but it provides us a lot of opportunity both on a banking side as well as the insurance side, and so we're really excited about this uh, this new journey we're about to go on. It sounds like you're excited about it. I mean, scale is important in your business, isn't it? It's huge, and, and the the support that we get from the banking side uh, to be able to grow our resources and to be able to acquire uh, quality agencies, but also acquire uh, quality uh, staff, and we have really staffed up here. We just opened a new office in Bay St. Louis. Uh, I'm, I was in Hernando two days ago. We're about to open an office in DeSoto County. And so we're, we're growing outside of Mississippi, but we're going to continue to grow inside of Mississippi. So it's exciting that, times. That, that is. You've been, you've been with them since 2007. What's the day in the life of Frank Bordeaux look like? We wake up very early and uh, we travel the state. Uh, I'd normally travel with uh, both some insurance staff as well as some party staff. And we kind of map out our week two or three weeks in advance and make sure that we're hitting our clients and hitting potential clients as well as uh, take care of party business. So it's early mornings, late nights, and we never know where we're going to end up uh, at the end of the night. But we're uh, it's it's uh, it's been fun, uh, but it's a lot of work. 
It's uh, it's also challenging. Um, I've been reading. Of course, I was I was published at the Times Picayune in New Orleans and NOLA.com, and so pay very close attention to what's going on in the Louisiana market. You know, it just seems like this chain of of uh, of uh, companies you know moving out of the market. Um, there's been uh, some bad news from Mississippi. I don't know how much bad news. I don't know if it, it certainly doesn't parallel, I think, what's happening in, in uh, Louisiana. I did get a note from uh, a listener who uh, – let me see. Let me, let me get the name of this company. Uh, they're a Farm Bureau customer, and Farm Bureau sort of helped them find this company. And the name of the company was Cabrillo Coastal, Cabrillo Coastal. And that's who had her homeowner's insurance. Apparently, Lloyd's of London, there was some reinsurance issues, so they're they're pulling out. And they canceled her insurance, and she lives in the Oaks in Biloxi and never had a claim before. Uh, how much of that's going on do you hear about it? So, like you said, Louisiana, it's it's very, very difficult market. I think you're up to eight carriers that have pulled out from a personal line standpoint. And then there's a uh, huge shrinkage as far as capacity that's available all over the country. Um, Florida and Louisiana seem to be the states that are being hit the worst. Thankfully, Mississippi has a little over $260 million in surplus in our wind pool. It's very important that we protect that surplus, and uh, that allows for carriers to feel comfortable coming into Mississippi, writing business, because if we exhaust our surplus, then the carriers have to start picking up um, claims that they didn't on properties they didn't write. And so us being conservative and buying reinsurance in our wind pool and having that surplus is very important. We're seeing the, the uh, Louisiana and Florida did not do that. Uh, Ron DeSantis had, Governor DeSantis had to call a special session a couple months ago to change some of their legislation and then also shore up their surplus. Um, so Mississippi is tough right now. We're having uh, rate increases but it's kind of a perfect storm. We went through this after Katrina where you saw the massive rate increases, but you didn't see the inflation increases that go along with that. And so as you're getting rate increases, the insurance carriers are wanting you to increase your property values. And then so that means your percentage deductible has, is going to go up as well. If we have a storm, it's going to be a very difficult situation for a lot of folks. And I've encouraged everybody, whether it's commercial property or their homeowners policies, please read your exclusions because there's a lot of really crazy exclusions out there. Um, right now, we're at about $20 billion in losses uh, in the nation. That is very good for the insurance market. Uh, they should be able to write, uh, underwrite for a profit. We have to get through November 1. And that, yeah. That's the big date. And right now, you have a, a super typhoon uh, Going into Asia, we don't know what kind of damage that's going to cause. But these reinsurance markets, it's a global market. And so where there's a disaster felt in Asia, we're going to feel it over here as a way of uh, less capacity in the reinsurance market. So we're, I'm keeping my eyes out on uh, every disaster out there because I know that's going to affect my policyholders. We've been lucky, Frank. Uh, when you look at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an amateur, um, you know, weather guy because I spend a lot of time offshore. You have to, you don't get caught in too many storms when you start to realize I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn to understand how how this works a little bit better. And uh, I enjoy following the tropics uh, just because the reality after Hurricane Katrina certainly was in that in that mode before Katrina, but after Katrina, I sort of pledged to learn everything I could so I could be a better publisher. I could understand. 
understand what kind of changes need to happen with storm surge, for example, that ultimately got made. But I, I became kind of a student in all of this. If you look at this season, we've had a lot of dry air and we've had some sur- we've had some wind shear and the the Saharan dust has really helped us so far. I read a I read a post this morning from one of the leading sort of um, analyzers of the tropical situation at Tropical Tidbits. And he said, um, don't assume for a second that this slow season start doesn't mean that the next five weeks won't heat up dramatically because the conditions in the what they call the main development regions beginning to change. But you know, all it takes is one. You know that. It takes one of the right ones in the right spot, and then we got a serious uh, uh, insurance issue. But but so far, so good. I get you're counting your lucky stars so far, aren't you? I look at the tropics every morning every night. That's the first thing I do when I wake up, and the last thing I do before I go to bed <laughs> is look at what's going on out there. And I saw this weekend, Noah is still, to your point, still uh, projecting a very active season, uh, above av- average uh, active season. I hope they're wrong. But uh, yeah. we, we've got a plan for, for the worst. Uh, but in addition to everything that's going on from a property standpoint, cyber liability is really a disaster right now, especially since the, the Ukraine war. Um, it's very difficult for public entities to get that uh, coverage. It's very difficult for uh, private entities to get it. And the, my fear is uh, if you buy it, make sure, again, make sure you read your exclusions because a lot of the cyber policies that are being sold out there aren't really worth what you think you're buying. So it's important to read those terms and conditions. Uh, Law enforcement liability is very difficult. Thankfully, in Mississippi, we're not seeing the increases that you're seeing across the country. Uh, We've we've seen a very uh, pretty flat uh, law enforcement liability uh, market, but you're seeing carriers just get out of the business completely. And when you start losing that capacity and that competition in the marketplace, that's when you start seeing your clients suffer from a rate standpoint. Hey, so, uh, and we'll talk about this in the second half, but then add to that risk rating 2.0 flood insurance changes and the lack of transparency. Um, I'm sure you saw the Times Picayune actually did a public records request and we're able to get some information, and we'll share a little bit about what they had to say about that in a second. But I think that's just a snapshot in the coast of Mississippi that we're we're we are a, a frog boiling in the water, and it's just coming to a slow boil. It's going to happen over a number of years, but it's it's devastating. And I hope that our leaders, because they've had so much taking their attention these days, can get back on this one because this is a really, really, really significant issue for coastal communities. Um, we're coming to the end of this segment. When we come back, I want to talk about why the wind pool is so darn important and what we did after Katrina to really shore that up, which is a very significant best practice in the nation. And then we'll talk about the flood insurance as well, which is a major headline, major, continues to be a major headline. We'll see you with Frank, uh, insurance executive Frank Bordeaux after this, after this break. Watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have Frank Bordeaux. He's uh, he's a chairman of the Mississippi Republican Party, but we're talking insurance today. He's an insurance executive and uh, has a real good finger on the pulse about the insurance situation. As I mentioned before we went to a break, I had a really good visit with uh, Mike Cheney, our insurance commissioner, uh, about a month or so ago. And uh, we talked about the wind pool, the health of the wind pool. We worried a little bit that there might be some tampering by the legislature with uh, the reserves that are there. And we'll talk about why that's important that it not be tampered with. But you know, when you think about the insurance market, especially in a place like coastal Mississippi that is unfortunately kind of right in Hurricane Alley, you've got insurance companies. Then you've got you got the reinsurance market. When people hear the, this term Lloyds of London, we'll explain to you why that's an important part of the conversation and what the role is for reinsurance. And then you've got the wind pool, which is even another layer of protection that we have in the state that would encourage companies to want to do business here. And then separate from that, you've got the, the National Flood Insurance Program, which is incredibly important to coast of Mississippi. But when you bring it all together, it's a risky business that uh, has a lot of calculus is involved in it in terms of whether companies are going to do business here or not. It's, it's, it's very dynamic, isn't it, Frank? It is. And, and we've been very conservative. And the work that was done after Hurricane Katrina uh, has paid dividends for Mississippi in the very, very difficult market that we're seeing. Like we said in the last segment, our, our neighbors are not having, um, they don't have the competition that we have. And so competition and capacity will help the rates from going as high as they've gone we renewed a policy in Florida not too long ago, a 371% increase. We're seeing increases, but we're not seeing those sorts of increases. And it's all yeah. about uh, capacity. And when there's lack of capacity, you start getting mercenary pricing. So the wind pool, though, is a way of sort of shoring up for insurance carriers to come in here and do business. It is a best practice in the nation. Explain why it's so important. So Mississippi, in, in comparison, and I believe that we truly have the best model for a wind pool or a, uh, you know, it should be the carrier of last resort for us. And then after 2008, uh, you really started seeing the program get depopulated, which is fantastic for Mississippi and for the insurance uh, buyer. We're actually starting to have to quote wind pool policies. That's not a good thing. And um, they're not as competitive, but in some cases, we've had to play some of our customers with the wind pool. Uh, we don't want to see that get repopulated. They have to buy reinsurance just like insurance carriers do with the high reinsurance rates. That's why it's so important that we have protected our surplus. And I have to take my hat off to Representative Zuber, who has really worked hard to make sure that that wind pool, our entire case delegation does a great job. But Representative Zuber, he, he really stays on top of it. And Commissioner Cheney understands it, and he knows that we have to protect that the uh, surplus. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's very important that we do this, and it's something that we have to remind uh, sometimes our pol the politicians in Jackson that the surplus is important when we have a storm. And it's important to, to allow the carriers to rest easy that we do have the the revenue the uh, money set aside in surplus to pay claims, but it's very important after a storm when you see the rates really go up and the rates will go up for the for the state of Mississippi as well, and we'll be able to have money to pay for that those rate increases. So it's it's very good prior to a storm. It's very good after the storm as well. When you think about this reinsurance market. 
and the insurance market in general, when you think about the way they assess risk is all these you know, very complex algorithms they use to assess the, the risk. And then on top of that, you mentioned the inflation just a second ago, but how that factors in for people who aren't really thinking about it. Think about the cost of building, the cost of wood, the cost of all these things. Uh, what it's going to take for them to prepare your home after an after um, after a hit or fire or whatever it might be, the costs just go up, and they they don't make money as if um, if they don't make their customers happy. They don't make money if they don't serve markets, and they don't make money if they don't collect enough money. So it's a it's a it's really dynamic, and uh, I'm not surprised that you're seeing the kind of increases that you're talking about. Yeah, Lloyd's had uh, losses. Uh, exceeded their revenues from 2016 to 2020. That's the longest period that Lloyd's has gone with that kind of. And so we knew that there was going to be rate increases coming. We didn't know to what extent. And it's not just a coastal issue. It, this yeah. this issue is going up. And you're starting to see percentage deductibles in areas they have never seen percentage deductibles. I talked to some of my colleagues in Arkansas, and they're dumbfounded by these percentage deductibles. It's a way of life for us down here. Uh, but it, you're seeing a real change in the insurance market. So we're going to shift gears to the to the new uh, insurance program, and people can go uh, watch previous shows that we've had on this. Just do a, a search on flood insurance or 2.0 and COSIA, and you'll see some shows where we've, we've really dedicated an entire show for it. What's, what's interesting is that for residential people, it will only go up, say, only go up 18% a year, and for businesses, 25% a year. And this year was the first year, and we got an 18% increase here at my house. I'm, I'm sure you probably got one at your house and businesses all up and down the coast. The problem is that when you ask your current carrier who's, who's writing that flood insurance, they can't tell you what the target number is. And and as you know, uh, FEMA has been incredibly closed-lipped about the process, about how they calculated, and so on. So the, the Times-Picayune did a, a records request, and what they determined is that the average homeowner is projected to see an over 122% increase in flood premiums as a target. So it will go up 18% a year. And when you see an 18% a year, you sort of you take a sigh of relief. But if you compound that 18% every single year, you, when you're talking about residential being 100, that's just on average. Some are way more than that. And by the way, some of this could change, of course, just based on the current market and et cetera. But 122% average increase for, for residential for flood insurance. And then the fact that you dropped the grandfather program and the grandfather clause, which means that people who are in low-lying areas, they're going to get they're going to get hit with what the actual risk is going to be for living in those areas, it's going to have a devastating effect. And I hope that there is still focus on this. What are you hearing, Frank? There is still focus on it. And Senator Wicker was down on the coast last week. The question was raised about it. And he understands it's an issue. It's something that he and his staff has worked very hard on. But one thing that he pointed out that, you know, there are things that we implemented in the Affordable Flood Act when that was passed that, that FEMA still has not implemented. And so, like allowing people to make monthly payments, small things like that, that would be very beneficial to, to, to the, the insurance buyer. Uh, but they they did roll out the risk 2.0, uh, which is not very good to the buyer. I think that we're going to see some change towards this. The idea of making the program that's a single peril coverage program that's supposed to be uh, subsidized. The whole intent was to subsidize uh, because there was no market for it when they put this thing in place. And so 
the idea that we're, we're going to make this actuarial sound, we're going to have these huge rate increases. And I, I'd venture to say that 122% is a low number because you're going to have people that are in non-flood zones or X zones. Everybody's in a flood zone, but in an X zone that's not required by their lender to carry flood insurance, when they get those increases, they're just going to drop it. And so uh, the NFIP will lose the better risk that it has. And so that means the actual real sound rate for the people that have to have it is going to go up. And so I know that that's very complicated to forecast, but you can't see there the you need to create spread of risk and you need those folks who are less susceptible to flood and they're not encouraging that with risk 2.0. Yeah, it's a, it's a flood program currently, and an all-risk, that makes so much sense because then you're talking about the entire United States, and then you're going to increase, obviously, the number of of, um, of, of payments that individuals are going to be making into the program, and, and the pool will be much greater. You'd be able to handle that. But you know what's interesting to me is that they could, they could put this in place in spite of all these senators and representatives screaming about it. They could put a program like this in place and not show how your particular risk was calculated or not show what your target number is going to be, but they still did it. That's amazing to me, Frank, actually, that they it did it with so lack, so much lack of transparency. And the average person, unless they change it, similar to what you just talked about, unless they change that and spread the risk, um, we're in for a long haul in coastal communities. I just hope that you know this can be done administratively, I'm assuming, and that no legislation is required. But um, you know, what's your thoughts on on you know, the viability of moving to an all-risk approach? I think it's going to be very difficult to, to move to all-risk. I know that Mississippi has looked at including some flood in their uh, wind pool. Louisiana does some of that. It gets very, very difficult. We do have carriers, private carriers that are right in flood. And very, they're very aggressive on uh, properties that are have built up since Katrina that have done everything that FEMA told us to do and, and encouraged us to do. So there are private markets out there, but all perils program would have to really be uh, taken serious. Um, and we would we would need something to backstop that. Us requiring the NFIP to buy reinsurance was a great first step. Yeah. I wish that they bought more reinsurance. I wish that they treated it like we treat our wind pool, kept the surplus in the program. We wouldn't be in this position had they done that. Well, it's never too late to get started. That's <laughs> right. Then, then the long-term proposition won't be so bleak for coastal communities. The way it looks now, it's, it's not a good situation. But anyway, the fact that they're going to 18% a year at least gives us a little time to sort through it. And, uh, you know, people won't get hit with the big numbers. In one case, going from $776 to $1,700. For the average homeowner, that's, that's, that's unattainable. So anyway, Frank Burdo, it's been a pleasure to visit with you. We'll stay in touch. We need to actually visit more often. Sounds good. Thank you for what all y'all do. I appreciate it, my friend. Good luck to you. Have a have, well. No, actually, we'll see you with Cynthia uh, Sutton after this after this break. We'll see you in just a second. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.